0: And repeat after me and say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And you guys really sound good this morning. Really glad you're here. What an exciting. I don't know if you are excited this morning or having a good time, but I am. So when you go home today, if you didn't enjoy yourself, say, well, Pastor sure had fun today. <laughs> no, we're gonna have a good time. I believe that God's gonna speak to your heart this morning. I've been really excited to share this message. Uh, with you guys. We're in a series that I've titled Uncommon. Each week we're talking about different things that the scripture would talk to us about and, and different life, life application things that we can look at in scripture. And, and really we see that God wants to live a, a, us to live a life that is not common. He wants us to live an uncommon life. That's actually the title of the message today. We're going to talk about you today. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to talk about me today. Point your other neighbor and say, he's going to talk about you, too. <laughs> you have to say it like that, too, or it doesn't work, okay? <laughs> but we are. We're going to talk about each other's life. And, and I want to tell you today, this is really powerful. And I want, I want you right now, as we get ready to go into this, really turn your ears on because God's really going to speak to you today. Even as I was preparing this message. Now, remember this. When I'm preparing messages for you guys, who hears it first? Me. I have to filter these things. So many times as I'm preparing, God is speaking to me about some of these things. And so as what I'm about to share with you is gonna be things that I'm even having to deal with in my own life, and it really opened my eyes and ears to some things. Look at Romans 12, verse two, which has been our uh, verse for the series, our cornerstone verse. It's what Paul says to the church at Rome. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? Think. Then after that happens, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Here's what I see in a lot of people's lives. We want to know God's plan for our life. How many of you know want to know what God's plan for your life is? Anybody? Maybe there was a time in your life go, I wonder what God wants me to do. And I've noticed it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're old, we all kind of wonder what God wants us to do, don't we? I do. Hey, God, what about this? What about that? We ask God those questions. Paul actually gives us the answer for how we can discover that, but it's not like you would typically think. Many times we want God to answer things, but God's wanting to work on some things inside of us. And Paul shows us that here. He says, listen, God wants to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, And once your thinking changes, once you begin to think the way God wants you to think, then he can speak to you and show you what he wants you to do. But if your thinking is off, you're not even going to catch it. It's pretty simple, actually. And I think we complicate things in our lives so many times. And Paul says you need to change from the inside out, not from the outside in. God is more interested, the scripture tells us, on what's going on the inside of a person than what we see on the outside of a person. And so as we go through this series, it's been all about how can I live an uncommon life? Uh, I I thought about the word common. You know, we're talking about uncommon, but then I thought about the word common and what it means. And here's some synonyms or other words for the word common. Average, normal, um, ordinary, mediocre but right now I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say you are not normal go ahead that's fine you're not normal now turn to the other person and say you are absolutely not normal go ahead you are not at all normal (laughs) you know it's true now listen to this y'all listen here's the big question today And we're not gonna answer it till the very end, but I want you to think about it right now. Did Jesus die so that we could be normal? Did Jesus die so that we could be average? Did Jesus die so that we could be common? Now listen, here's some interesting statistics about the average American. I looked this week as I was studying, I looked at two or three different studies. One of them had 50 averages in it, and I just pulled out a couple that I I personally found interesting. Here, here's one. The average American, the common American, watches two hours and 49 minutes of television a day. That's the average American. The average American has two or more children. The average Amer- I thought this was just interesting. The average American favors spanking children if necessary. It says 69%. I can tell you in my home growing up, it was like 110% that that was on there. Um, the average American household owns at least one pet. How many of you own one pet? I'm just curious. How many of you own two? How many of you have a farm of animals in your, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're above average. How about that, huh? You're above average. So the question is, did Jesus die so that we could be average, normal, commonplace, mediocre, I wanna dig into this today, and I wanna tell you guys, as I went through and and really asked myself these questions, these next few moments for some of you, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, if you'll listen to this, if you'll listen, can be life-changing from now on. Because I'm about to ask you some really hard questions. But I think they're questions from the heart of God for you. And so just be open about what God's gonna say to you right now. Let's look at number one. Here's what the average person does. Here's what the average person does, and then the uncommon person. The average person complains about their circumstances and situations. The uncommon person trusts God and adapts to what life throws at them. Let's say that again. The average person, the normal person, the common person, complains about their circumstances and situations. The uncommon person trusts God. And adapts to what life throws at them. It's a powerful statement. And I want to just clarify this for you. In other words, the common person gripes, complains, makes excuses, and blames everyone around them. (laughs) That's what's normal. That's what most people do. Most people are, are whatever happens to them in life or whoever's messing with them in life or whatever's going on, instead instead of looking internally, what they're doing is they're blaming everybody else for what's going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But the uncommon person recognizes that God is in control that God is in control and that nothing happens in life without God's knowing it and allowing it to happen. The child of God trusts God's word and his goodness. And I wanna tell you something right now. In many respects, this is the difference between a mature Christian and an immature Christian. Because there are Christians that you and I know that spend the majority of their time complaining And not trusting God. Because complaining is the opposite of that. Trisha nailed it when she got up here and talked about trusting God's word. Do you believe God more than your circumstances? Because if you do, then why would you complain? (laughs) It's really pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, we've got God saying something over here, and then we've got whatever's going on in our life. And if we are griping and complaining, guys, what you're doing is you're really showing your immaturity. And I'm not saying you don't feel those things, but how do you deal with those things? And I'm gonna clear it up for you in one verse. It's one of the most popular and powerful verses in the Bible, and I'm gonna read it out of the Amplified, and it's up on your screen. Romans 8, 28 says this, and I'm gonna read it out of Amplified so it expands on it a little bit. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work Together as a plan for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. Everybody say, wow. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Do you believe that? Do you believe that every situation that comes into your life, if you're, and I'm talking to Christ followers. If you're not a Christian, this doesn't apply to you, Okay. But if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, my question to you is, do you believe God enough that in every situation that you face, do you believe that God has your best interest at heart? Wow. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where when life gets hard, you know, do I trust God in the circumstances that I'm facing? And I know many of you, many of you I know well, and I know some of the things that you've encountered. Some of them have been life altering. There's been death, there's been divorce, there's been pain that you've experienced. And my question to you is, do you trust God in the midst of that or are you griping and complaining about the situation? Because if you are, then I would argue that you're not trusting God in that situation. And that's reality. And again, I'm not minimizing your pain. I'm not saying that you haven't had painful things. I'm asking you, do you trust him? Because here's the thing about a loving God. God does not, and I wanna clear this up theologically, God does not tempt anyone. The Bible tells us that God doesn't tempt us. But we do have an enemy out there and the devil's at work and he primarily works through people. And there are people that come along in our life and, and they push our buttons. Any, do you have anybody in your life that pushes your button? Point at them, please. Just I wanna know who they are. <laughs> but do you know that, that God in his infinite mercy and in his infinite love for you, there are situations that he will allow in your life, because what happens is it forces us to turn to him? That's good theology, because it's truth. Jesus said in the world you're gonna have problems, but I've overcome the world. You know, what happens when that heart attack comes, when that stroke comes? Do I believe God in the midst of my heartache and in the midst of my pain? Do I cry out to God? Do I trust him and in his goodness? It's a good question. So let's go to number two. The average person judges others. The uncommon person judges themselves. The average, you you guys are so quiet. Anybody here? I would say wave at me. I can't see you. You guys, there's just this blur. This is how I get my tan. Do y'all not know this? This is how this happens. I heard some of you. Okay, so there, there, some of you are here. Okay, the average person judges other people. The uncommon person judges themselves. In other words, uncommon people judge their own behavior, attitude, and actions honestly. See, I said it a few weeks ago, but it's really true, and it's worth repeating here, is that most of us judge other people differently than we judge ourselves. In other words, we cut ourselves some slack. But we don't typically cut other people slack. We judge them differently. But the uncommon person, and you can substitute the word godly person, judges themselves honestly. We show you in Scripture how this works. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31 says this, For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged say that again, if we would judge ourselves, then we wouldn't be judged. In other words, it wouldn't be necessary for us to be judged if we would judge ourselves, right? And and how many of you have ever experienced, well, let me ask this question. How many of you know when you're doing right or when you're doing wrong? Can I see your hands? Some of you are confused. That concerns me. (laughs) but but most of us know and especially as christians and let me just show you kind of what what that looks like okay you're going along and then you decide you're going to go do something and something on the inside of you goes know what i'm talking about there's that thing inside of you that goes "Mm, maybe i shouldn't do that can i tell you something guys As a believer, as a follower of Christ, that's the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that part of the Holy Spirit's job in our lives is to convict us of sin. Now, that word convict in the translation means convince. In other words, the Holy Spirit's going to say, You shouldn't do that. And sometimes, most of the time, He won't shout it. You just know. You just know. There's something on the inside of you, believer, that's the Holy Spirit going, I wouldn't do that. Now, the problem most of us get into is that we ignore that, right? We ignore that. And and so, again, we go with that judging others differently than we judge ourselves, and and we ignore the Holy Spirit, and then we kind of walk along, and it doesn't work out for us, does it? Say, Pastor, how else does this work in Scripture? Look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. This is Jesus talking. Now, Jesus is talking about judging, okay? He's talking about judging. He says this, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? I like to substitute the word log, (laughs) in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank or a log in your own? You, what? Hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, here's what Jesus is saying. Notice in here, he doesn't say there's anything wrong with us seeing the speck in other people's eye. He never argues that point. He recognizes that we should, and hopefully as believers, we see when our family members are beginning to stumble and fall. Part of the responsibility of God's family is that if we see one of our brothers stumbling, that we help them. That means we have to see that. So he doesn't argue that point. You're going to see specks. You're going to see challenges in other people's lives. Amen? You're going to know that. But Jesus says, look, before you start judging them, you need to deal with your log. And isn't it awesome how Jesus works here? He says, you see the speck. What's bigger, a speck or a log? (laughs) I think he's being funny right here. He's like, look, you see the speck over here, which is amazing because you got a honking log sticking out of your eye. But then he says this, honestly, deal with your own log so that you can help others with their speck. They need you. We need each other to help each other, but we've got to be brave and honest enough To deal with our own logs so that we can help other people with their specs. Does that make sense? Can I just tell you, I've got enough logs that I have to deal with. I don't have time sometimes to judge you for your specs. Amen? So deal with it. Deal with it honestly. Look at this next verse. I like this. This is King David. Um, King David was awesome. Man after God's own heart who also messed up a whole lot. But notice what he says in Psalm 119, uh, verses 59 through 60. I think this is really good. David just tells on himself right here. He says, I thought about the wrong direction in which I was headed. That's pretty insightful, isn't it? I thought about the wrong direction in which I was headed. And then watch what he says, though. And I turned around, and I came running back to you. <laughs> that is so encouraging to me. David, I can kind of, of course, y'all know how weird I am. I just kind of visually said, hey, 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 I'm going to go jump off this cliff, and there's alligators and sharks. This is going to be exciting. As we rednecks like to say, y'all watch this. He says, but I thought about it. Was he judging other people? No, he was honestly evaluating what he was doing. And then he said, I turned, I repented. And I turned around, but I love that. Look at that last scripture. He said, I didn't come walking back to God. I came running home. Oh, that encourages me so much. And my hope today for some of you, as you really honestly evaluate yourself, that you would allow the love of God to just pour over you right now and you would be honest and say, man, I'm complaining a lot. I'm whining all the time. I'm not really trusting God. I'm looking at my circumstances. Or maybe, like in point number two right now, you're, you're judging other people. And can I just tell you something? The reason that people do that is because it's easier to judge somebody else than it is to deal with your own stuff. That's truth. It's easier for me to judge Emily than it is for me to deal with myself. But that's not the way of an uncommon person. Common people do that. Not uncommon people. Let's look at number three. The average person dreams of a better future. The average person dreams of a better future, but the uncommon person partners with God and other people to create a better future. I love that. The average person dreams of a better future. In other words, boy, I wish everything was better. I wish my kids would straighten up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish... My, my wife, my st- whoever, you know, I wish my husband, I wish my boss, I w- whatever. I wish, I, you know, they dream about all these things, but, but the reality is God calls us to partner with him to create a better future. He said, Pastor, show me that. I'm going to show you right now. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15. Anybody ever heard of Adam. Yeah, we're going all the way back to Genesis, and I'm going to show you how this works in Scripture. Then the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to do what? To tend and keep it. In other words, God says, hey, Adam, I'm going to create you for fellowship with me, but you know what I'm also going to do? I'm going to give you a job. Have you ever thought of that before? God said, look, I'm going to create you to be with me, but I'm also going to give you something to do. And he doesn't just put us in there and then walk off. The Bible tells us that in the cool of the evening, God would come down and spend time with them. He was checking on everything. How are the chickens? They're good. Dang foxes. Keep eating them. I don't know. You know, I mean, but obviously they weren't at that time. But they came, I mean, and God would come down and fellowship with He was interactive with them with what was going on in his life. He created him with a purpose on purpose. And he did for you too. Say, hey, pastor, what do you mean? Well, look back at our verse that we're studying for Romans 12 too. God wants to transform the way you think. Why? So that you'll know his will for you, what he's got for you to do. And that will is good and pleasing and perfect. And it all makes sense, doesn't it? It all works together. Because God's got a plan for your life and he wants you to walk in it. He didn't call you to be average. Matthew 25, 21 Says something very powerful. Let me just give you the story, and then I'm just going to read this verse. A young man came to I say young man. A man a young man came to Jesus, and he said, "Jesus, how do I get into the kingdom of heaven?" And, and Jesus said, "Well, you know, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." You know, kind of lays out some of the things he needs to do. And the young man said, "I've been doing this since birth." And something very easy, very interesting happened there. Jesus didn't get mad at him. The Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. He saw his heart. Jesus could tell this guy's trying. He's wanting to find his place. He's wanting to understand how this works. So Jesus, now remember Jesus looked at him and loved him so he's not trying to slam him. Jesus is trying to help him. Remember we talk about Jesus being honest? We talk about honesty here being important. Jesus said, now listen, there's one thing you need to do, man. Go sell everything you have and come follow me. And the Bible says the young man was greatly disturbed because he was very wealthy. And he walked away sad. Now you can talk to different pastors or theologians and they're gonna give you a lot of other things, but can I tell you my big takeaway from this? This is the Chris Clem takeaway. Here's the, here it is. Almost. That's what I get out of this. You almost got it. You almost figured it out. You almost did it. And can I tell you that bothers me. Because I think in life how many times we, we work and we strive and, and we move forward in life and then something happens or something goes on and we don't, we don't necessarily trust God. So what do we do? We quit. And Paul even talks about that. He said, some people were running their race and right before the finish line, they quit. Isn't that terrible? Can you imagine? Can you imagine running a marathon? First of all, can you imagine running a marathon? I can't even drive 26 miles without getting tired. I can't even imagine running one. But think about this. Can you imagine being in the Olympics and you're running and you're winning and you get right up close to the finish line and you go, I'm just so tired. I think, somebody bring me some Gatorade. I'm gonna lay down and take a nap right now. I quit. And that's where this young man, think about it. Jesus looked at him, loved him. He'd been doing his whole life. He had been seeking God. He was trying to do the right thing. And then Jesus said, man, we got an area here we need to deal with. The love of God and the honesty of God began to shine that light on him. And he had one of two choices. Do I listen or do I walk away? This isn't in my notes. This is the listen part. When God shines that light on you, in that area of your life, that area of brokenness, that area of sin, that area of rebellion, do you open up to him? Or do you do like the young man and walk away? What do you do? Because the answer to that question is the most important one today. How do you respond how do you respond to that? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says this. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. Not from works so that we, no one can boast. For we are his workmanship. We're like Adam. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Man, that's good. See, he created us for a purpose, on purpose. God's, God created us like Adam and, and Eve and the rest. He's given all of us gifts and abilities and he's called us together to do this thing. But the only way we're gonna find that fullness in our life, the only way we're gonna find that fulfillment in our life is when we allow God in, to honestly look at where we are, to shine that light on us. The average person dreams of a better future. I wish things would change. The uncommon person partners with God and says, God, here I am. Let's join some of our other family together and let's make a difference. And when he does that, he's going to show you those areas in your life. Can I just tell you guys right now, God doesn't, please hear the heart of God. God doesn't point out your faults to hurt you. He points out your faults to heal you. I'll say that again. He doesn't point out your faults to hurt you. He points out your your areas to heal you. He says, look, he he didn't want to hurt that young man, but he knew there was something in his life that was gonna keep him. And so when he told him that, don't you know Jesus wanted him to do it? Come on, think about the invitation. Jesus says, hey, go sell everything and come on and follow me. It's no, man, I I can't do that. So Close so close. The beginning of the, que- the, the message, I asked this question, did Jesus die so that we could be common or average? The answer is that he died so that you could be uncommon. He died so that you wouldn't have to be like the rest of the world. Matter of fact, he says in John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses, I read it all the time, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Uncommon. That's what he called you to. Uncommon. And if, if, today, if today you find yourself living under that, if you find yourself living a common life, an average life, an life a life that really is just, you're just taking, bra- you're just, you're existing. You're not really living, you're existing. Maybe you're that person that's complaining. Maybe you're that person that everything's wrong, everything is everybody else's fault. Maybe you're that person today that is judging others differently than you're judging yourself. Can I just tell you that that God loves you so much that he said, get up today in the rain and come to church because I want to talk to you? Isn't that awesome? Because I have a better life for you. There's a better way. It's been hard. There have been things that have happened to you that have been hard. In the world, the world's going to be hard on you, but I've overcome the world, Jesus said. So let's do something different, church. Let's do something different. Let's believe him. Let's believe him. Larry, let's believe him. Let's just take God at his word. All right, God. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know how it's going to work but I'm just going to believe you. If you said I'm healed, then I'm going to walk in that. If you said I'm forgiven, then I'm going to forgive myself. Amen? If you said I'm your hands and feet, if you said I'm a star, then I'm going to just shine. Wow. So so my prayer for you today, my cry for you today, is that you would be that. Just believe him. Test him. Trust him. And watch what happens. Your life can be a miracle. It can be something amazing. Amen. I feel the presence of God in here. I hope you do. I just know this is the heartbeat of God, y'all. It just is. And he wants his children to be free. He wants his children to be whole. He wants you to have a life worth living. And he's made a way for you to do that. We're going to sing a song. I want you just to stay in an attitude of worship. Take these moments while this is going on just to search your heart. Let's not leave this place the same.
1: This we love.
2: for your help to live an uncommon life. We can't do that without you. Everything we go throughout these days is just, um, you should do this or that, and this is what you're supposed to do, but um, help us be uncommon. Help us be different. Help us be um, just a walking image of you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for all the hearts in this room. Thank you for their their willingness to just serve you with all their might. And we just pray that you will strengthen all of us to do, to, to do that even more. Thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here this morning. And uh, that's going to conclude our service, but um, go out the rest of your day and just live for him. And we, we're so happy to have you here.